Welcome back to another episode of Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. We have a very big show tonight with a lot of interviews that ran long because our guests were uh, so eager to share everything going on with them. There's so many projects. So let's get started and welcome into my corner. Tonight I have two actresses. One is a best-selling author as well, and I have an award-winning model fashion designer who happens to be the leader in mask designs. And with everything going on with mandates and vaccines, with masks all over again, I thought it was time to bring back our friend Heather. So I'm going to keep my welcome short. I just want to share something with you. This week, I had an experience with one celebrity that was supposed to be a guest. She was supposed to come on two months ago and was hired for a film. This week, I heard from her again, very briefly in an email. Hi, Cindy. Thanks for checking in. I've been very busy working, traveling, and writing. Also, I know and respect that you are a very publicly motivated personality in the political field. And I'm not up for any connection that is potentially controversial at this time. Let me make it clear. While I am a public figure in the political arena, Cindy's Celebrity Corner welcomes people from all political backgrounds, from all cultural backgrounds. If somebody is a headliner or a trendsetter, they are more than welcome to come on the show because whether or not I agree with them, I am sure many in my audience do. And I am here to offer some common ground. I am here to offer an hour of conversation that all of us can listen to. And while we might not agree politically, we might enjoy similar interests in books or movies or home decor or cooking, you name it. So please, this person lost out on a great opportunity because my three guests tonight probably don't agree with me either, or maybe they do and I don't know it, but they are each a friend. They are each a powerful woman, family members, family leaders, and people that we have respected for many years. So coming up after the first commercial, our first guest, and you're all welcome back. Okay. Hey, everyone. This is Sean Kanan, and I'm hanging out with Cindy Gross on Cindy's Celebrity Corner at 620 a.m. If you're not watching... Your karate is a joke. Welcome back to Cindy Celebrity Corner. And I'm so thrilled to have our next guest because anybody who knows daytime television knows what Sharon Gambit did for female roles, female lead actresses during her time on the edge of night, later on Another World and One Life to Live. But I think today she's actually busier than ever. She's here to catch up with her fans, share some news with her new fans, 
and talk about what life goes on after Edge of Night and her best-selling books. Thank you so much for joining Cindy's Celebrity Corner. My pleasure. So happy to be here. You know, and it, you, you say after the soaps, actually, there's a saying for that among soap people. It's called the rinse cycle. <laughs> oh, I never heard that before. That's great. Well, a lot of people miss the soaps the way they were. And of course, you were part of probably one of the top five super couples of the daytime dramas of all time when you were paired up with the late Locke and Malloy. Oh, what a dream. (laughs) And it was your pairing. And when Edge and Knight left, I guess that brought all my children, the whole Montgomery family, because they were trying to make the Susan Lucci connection something to yours, but it was different. It was not the same. Chemistry is chemistry, you know, and you can work with someone and do have great characters and have fun and everything. But Larkin and I discovered when you meet that special person, the chemistry is just there. You can't make it up. You can't uh, create it. It's there or it's not. And Larkin and I had it. And, and the characters Sky and Raven, of course, were just fantastic to play. Glamorous and fun. And it was a time when there was real glamour. I mean, I talk about uh, so many trends going on with fashion, with entertainment. The glamour is just not there what it was. You guys really epitomized glamour and, and uh, beauty and really wealth on a whole new level. I mean, you would never eat on paper plates at the Whitney uh, Smith. Uh, I remember Raven once... Uh, <laughs> Made a dinner for Geraldine, which is a joke anyway, because the raven in the kitchen is just hilarious. And it turned out to be a disaster. The Cornish hens were frozen and whatever. And then there were all these dishes when Geraldine left and Raven said, looked at them and said, uh, I never like this pattern anyway. I'll just throw them away, the china, <laughs> instead of washing them. But anybody who knows and follows you now know you are so different then Raven, first of all, you are a best-selling author. And congratulations, you're actually uh, doing very well on Amazon as we speak yes. with your second book, um, Spiritual Magic. Tell us a little bit about it. Um, so I'll start with uh, my first book, Raven to the Dove, from the Raven to the Dove, because that kind of led me to the second one. Uh, I decided after... Oh my, so this was 2003. So I'd been off the soaps for maybe 10, 15 years by then. I left the soaps in 1990, about 1990. So yes, over 10 years. And uh, I got into alternative healing right after that because my third child was born with autism. And uh, also the harmonic convergence happened in 1987 and it swept me up. The harmonic convergence was just this opening of of energy and uh, energy healing and all kinds of wonderful things. So I got caught up in that and it started studying. And then when my daughter was born with autism, now I've got two toddlers, a newborn, and um, I just started looking at things differently. I started going within myself and looking at my past and mistakes I had made and uh, who am I? Who am I without the soaps? <laughs> I'm not Raven. You know, that happened on a set. 
um, so who am I? And that started this, this grand spiritual awakening. Uh, and my daughter kind of precipitated that. Um, so I started studying, working with energy groups, working with, uh, I'm a nurse. A lot of people didn't know. I, I studied nursing and acting at the same time out of high school and did get my RN and worked for a few years before I ran off to New York and all that happened. And then after I left the soaps, I went back to nursing for a while. So, um, I just really started studying what health meant and uh, from a mind, body, spirit perspective, not just the medical profession is what I was interested in. So Raven to the Dove was the story of a little Indiana girl running off to New York. Uh, and there's just tons of stories about hitting New York and the soaps and everything in that. But then I made a turn after my daughter with autism was born and started getting more serious in that book about what does being conscious mean? Um, and, and telling stories and then telling how that affected me. So after that, uh, I really started doing more and more research, more and more work. I was traveling the entire world with energy healing groups, going to uh, very powerful ancient sites and working with the energy there. I went to Egypt three times, spent four hours in the Great Pyramid with this group, and uh, went to Peru two years ago. Just fantastic groups that I traveled with and studied with. So the conglomeration of everything that I learned and all the different systems that I was working with energetically from the Eastern system and the chakra system, and also all the metaphysical philosophical systems, I decided to put that together, draw all of my knowledge and wisdom that I had learned into one little book in kind of an outline form, touching on all these different systems that still are very appropriate and very necessary, psychology especially. And then um, I thought I'll teach this eventually. So let me put together a book that I can teach from. And what I tried to do with it was not just present philosophy. You know, this is, this is what this person, uh, Pythagoras said, this is what Plato said, but actually bring in practical examples of how we can use that day to day. Well, we should say that, you know, you talk about, well, you're a nurse, Let's just say you're a graduate of an Ivy League school. So it's, you're not just any nurse. You do have real training. You did go to Cornell. Yes. And, of course, the past year with essential workers and people realizing the importance of nurses, oh, blending together your advice from your medical background and your research for philosophy, you know, your philosophical background, it's quite amazing. Your book could not be more timely, which is probably why it's such a bestseller. (laughs) I'm sorry. Tell us a little bit about uh, how the book has been received in COVID times. Um, You know, I think that the pandemic caused everyone to go inside. You couldn't go outside. You couldn't, um, see people and take your mind off everything you're sitting at home and you're sitting at home with you know who knows who's in your home be they friend or foe and it was a long period of time just to sit and go inside and I think people turned inward and started thinking more about their lives and and uh you know what they would do when when things cleared up and were more internal in nature so and people began to read more 
because what you know or watch programs so um i think that 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 helped as this book came out i i actually was surprised because i i knew raven to the dove would probably do okay with the soap opera fan base everyone wants to hear the stories about what went on in new york and on the soaps but you know i was a little shy about putting out spiritual magic and talking about what it means to be conscious because who's going to be interested in that and uh I, I have been quite surprised in the last month or so since it's been out in print, how well it's doing. So this makes me very happy because what is consciousness? It's not sitting around in own position or uh, um, reciting mantras all the time. I mean, yes, that can be a part of it, but in spiritual magic, I make it practical. What's being conscious you it's all about energy and so what you think what you're thinking about is what you're going to react to so if you're thinking about stressful things if you're thinking about the horrible things that happen to you if you're in victim mentality then you're going to be reacting to that all the time and you can change that you can change that by changing your thoughts and if you're reacting all the time to what's going on that's going to cause you to start thinking negatively so there's this loop that happens so in spiritual magic, I mostly talk about just those little things, thinking, reacting, feeling, because we all do them and we can all be more conscious of them and you won't believe how much it, it can change your life. Well, so many people, including myself, have now done, you know, are doing daily meditations. That's and cool. I think that's really been a part of this as well. We have to ask you, of course, because you know our audience is going to want to know, who do you still keep in touch with? It's been a long time from those days. The thing about the edge of night specifically that was awesome is that we were, it was a half an hour show. So it was a small cast considering, and we were just all such good friends. We just loved each other. We shot in a circle on the set. So we'd watch each other's scenes and uh, we we partied together. So my best friends for 40 years plus now are Francis Fisher and Terry Davis, who played April and uh, Deborah Saxon on the show. My best buddies. I just got back. Uh, Terry lives in Malibu now. And I just got back from her 70th birthday party. Oh, my gosh. And, and Francis and I are next because we were all the same age. So I'll be 70 in January. Francis will be 70 in May. Uh, and Francis, well, we all, we get together as much as we can. And we've done quite a bit of Skype during the pandemic and FaceTime. Uh, but Francis has been shooting a series, The Sinner, in Nova Scotia for five months now. What a gig. And I think she'll be back in September. So Terry and Francis and I are definitely planning on getting together. And um, That's great. You mentioned that, before about uh, autism and your daughter. And I know you are a very outspoken activist mm. and very proud of your daughter. You, you actually uh, share her all the time on your social media. So tell us a little bit how somebody who was so carefree and cavalier on television uh, became such a serious activist. Um, well, something like that happens to you and, uh, your whole life changes. I mean, it can be anything. I talk about this in the books too, because it happens to everyone. Someone gets sick. Someone's born with disabilities. Uh, you somebody in the family passes away. A, a hurricane hits your home, fires, 
you know, force you to go out. I mean, there can be all kinds of things that happen that totally scramble up the way that you used to live your life in your normal routine and, and everything's changed. So autism did that to me for sure. Uh, because I want to know how am I going to help this child. Now, Johanna was born in 1990, and this was the time when autism was just beginning to be talked about and more well-known. And by the mid-90s, it was everywhere. Everyone was talking about it. But what I discovered when I started getting her into school was nobody knew what to do about it. Nobody knew how to teach these children. No one knew how to approach them. They work with different right brain, left brain uh, yeah, they learn differently. And my daughter was primarily nonverbal, which made it harder. So, um, so every, and then I, I seemed to change schools a lot. Like when she was three, I moved to California and then uh, we, we shifted schools in, in, uh, in Southern California a couple of times, but every time she would go to school, the teachers would go, Oh, she's our first autistic student. We're so excited. And I'm thinking, that's not a great thing to be no. the first one. And people say still don't. As a former teacher, I will tell you that uh, with IEPs not being followed accurately and, you know, special needs and special services are such a wide range. What's good? And just in autism, you know, the range of autistic uh, lessons. So congratulations on being a great activist and motivated for other people because, through your star status, you are making people aware. Any acting jobs? Because I know you do some cabaret. Uh, I do sing. I, I've been primarily because I've been the primary caregiver for my daughter, Johanna, for 30 years now. I'm just now uh, beginning to set her up near her brother uh, figure out what to do with care because I'm just not going to be here for her forever. And um, I have some things I still want to accomplish, some travel and everything. So I'm working on setting her up, but I have been, have always, have, she's always been a part of my life. So uh, I turn to, to writing and, and studying and reading and uh, working with a lot of alternative healing groups, as I said, but now, um, yes, I sing, uh, I would like to act again. I would like to sing again and perform. So uh, I, but I need to set her up. So I have the freedom to do that. And that should happen within the next year. So meanwhile, I'm back to taking my uh, vocal lessons again. And I'm also working on another book. It'll be a novel this time uh, called the white witch of Woodside. Huh. Yes. Uh, and I think that'll be a lot of fun because uh, I can bring in all the healing stuff, uh, but also, you know, have romance and an exciting plot and who knows. And nobody knows better than Raven about romance. So I have to <laughs> tell people, if they don't follow you. First of all, you are very loyal to your fans. You I love them. They, yes. To everybody. And I have to tell people, uh, you know, I know a lot of people from the soaps, from all of them. Yes. And I have never seen somebody so active, happily active. Happily. They love my show and I love that show. So I love them. And we have so much fun talking. You know, they know everything. I forget things and they tell me. 
Plus, they're the ones that when The Edge of Night was on uh, AOL and also on USA Cable, they taped it loyally. All the, and now Procter & Gamble, don't, they don't have any of the tapes anymore. It would have been lost. And yet the last four years that I was on the show, which were my best years with Skylar Whitney and Larkin, um, are all on YouTube. So we watch shows together and laugh and make fun because it is 80s soap. And uh, I love that show together. And I really, really enjoy. Um, I'm on Sharon Rose Gabbett on Facebook. Uh, and also I have a YouTube channel, Sharon Rose Gabbett, with a lot of just Raven clips. The whole Switzerland storyline with Jeff Brown and, and Larkin. Uh, I have that posted, the entire story of just the the Raven Jeff Brown story on my YouTube channel. I have to tell people when they go on your social media and they see how beautifully you've aged, you are a natural beauty. I mean, you are actually uh, focused on the hottest trends. You're letting your hair go natural, your face, your skin is glowing. And you're really an inspiration to so many people. Thank you. And, you know, it's the spiritual side, too, because uh, when you when you have that meditation practice and you're clearing your mind from all the stuff that's out there and there's so much out there, especially if you're on social media a lot or the Internet, um, you know, taking that time to clear. I mean, it's it's light. It, we're working with light and energy and there there's you do start to glow from within and that that just alters everything you do. we don't we were talking earlier we don't need the all those false eyelashes and the hair pieces anymore and although it's still fun to do that I do have a, a really fun wig collection that I'll post pictures of myself in well um, I love those <laughs> And the fun glasses and the yes. accessories. So yes. you still have that, you know, but you know how to do it tastefully. And you always, uh, you never know what to expect from you when you do have sharing a new post. One I more time, it. share your website, share the Amazon link to the book. Uh, so my Facebook page is Sharon Rose Gabbett, three different words. My, uh, I also have a YouTube channel, Sharon Rose Gabbett, and uh, I'm also on Instagram. Sharon Rose Gabbett. And um, I, uh, you know, here's Raven to the Dove. This is the new edition. Uh, I did an old edition 20 years in 2002. And I just did a new edition this year with 170 photos and an epilogue about everything that I've been up to. So make sure if you get on it, it's on Amazon. You can put in my name, you can put in from the Raven to the Dove. Make sure you get the new edition, this one. And then Spiritual Magic is also on Amazon.com. Um, and they're both in, they're in Kindle and paperback now, both of them. And they're getting, and really the book is getting rave reviews because you really inspire people, especially your medical knowledge and your uh, philosophies really tie into what's going on today. Sharon Gabbett, I expect you to come back. I want you to bring Terry and Francis and Eddie. Oh, that would be so much fun. And we'll do uh, a, a special Edge of Night reunion. And we look forward to having you back. You've been a great guest. And thank you for all the great memories, all that you're sharing now, and all the work you do for autistic children everywhere. Thank you, Cindy. How wonderful to be here. Thank you. Hi, this is Donnie Most, and I always enjoy listening to Cindy's Celebrity Corner with Cindy Gross. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. Joining us 
is a fashion designer who I found during the first bout of COVID because she had a design mask. And if you have to wear a mask, and if you're going to be mandated to wear a mask, you might as well make them fashionable, comfortable, easy to clean, and with accessories that are fashion trending from day to evening. Heather Payne of Emerging Heroes, welcome to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. Hi, Cindy. I miss you. I haven't been in New York in a while. I know. And we've been trying to do this uh, interview for a couple of weeks. But you're going to tell everybody your new project. Yeah. What I found out in COVID that the biggest trend in fashion was if you wanted to succeed, you had to be creative. If you wanted to get your voice heard in an audience, you had to think out of the box. And Heather did that with her company, Emerging Heroes. Heather, tell us a little bit about how you started making the designer mask. Uh, So I was out in Aspen. Um, I was talking to the same Regis in Aspen about making clothing for them. And then everyone started to get sick. Nobody knew what it was. I thought, well, wow, people are pretty wimpy about this cold. So I got a little bit bored. I finished all my business there. I went back to New York and it locked down in one day. And all of a sudden I realized I'm going to lose my shirt because none of my factory workers could work. My whole business is on hold. And I was like, what could I possibly do in a pandemic so I don't like lose everything? And so I was looking out the window and I saw people walking by with just black masks and they all looked miserable. And some of them had sunglasses and a hat too. So it was just like all this real estate. And I thought, why don't I do something with that real estate? So I started with like smiles like this. So I was like making people smile. And so I put, I made one. It took a few, it took a few times, right? So then I started making animals and then I started making all kinds of different ones. But this is the first mask. It goes like this. So when you go to the grocery store, everybody wanted to talk to you. And so I'd always carry a bunch. And then once one person bought one, then I bought them for their friends and their sisters and their moms. And then I started making animals. So then every person who had a dog wanted a matching dog mask. Like you could be a golden retriever. You could be whatever you want, right? And of course, I was lucky enough to get my cats because you made a gray cat and a white cat. So that was perfect for me. But even more important, you did something really nice with your company. Tell everybody what you did with uh, part of the profits. Yeah. So I decided with all of my clothing, I like to give back a percentage to charity because I work uh, I work art into fashion. So it becomes a walking art gallery for positive impact. So with the mass, I give 10% to feeding America, uh, feeding America, because there are so many people using the food banks that, I mean, it's still Kate. Oh, hi, kitty. (laughs) Oh my God. I don't think I met your cat. So cute. What a nice cat. So uh, feeding America. So it puts food in the food banks and uh, you know children who are going to school are missing breakfast and lunch because they don't get food at school so i figured that was the right charity for the times well 
in case people don't realize it, you are a fashion model. You've worked many runways. You've uh, been featured in many red carpet events. And your original uh, business in fashion is not mask. Tell everybody what you're doing and how you're updating it because I saw some of the brand new designs and incredible. Thank you so much. So uh, once I learned that you can pivot your business any way, any way you can imagine thinking outside of the box, as you said, uh, I thought, okay, what matters to me now? Like what would make me happy? So I decided horses are everything for me. Like horses are everything. They make me happy. They're so therapeutic. So I made this whole equestrian collection. uh, And then I started adding things in that I like to wear, like silk pajamas and sweatshirts with heavy embroidery but like very high end you'd wear it with like tuxedo pants and high heels and you look totally dressed up and then I went down to Wellington uh the Wellington Equestrian Festival is like one of the largest uh horse events there are in the world uh and it goes from January till April so I made a collection so that I could go somewhere and do something that made me happy that I could give back as well and so I went down uh, and I made a, a small amount of inventory just to test it out. And now I'm going to use that as my fall collection. So the pajamas are they're so beautiful. This is just a sneak preview of the prints. But I did like diamond pajamas. This is a mask. I was testing the prints. I did pajamas with chest pieces on them so that you can wear them out. And it looks like a tuxedo. Like It's just very fancy. Well. Go exactly. I, I call you my uh, haute couturier uh, <laughs> comfort designer because, you, like you said, your pajamas can be worn outside. And that's like one of the biggest trends now, comfort. And you actually brought that into comfort um, activewear. That oh, yeah. was before the mask. And you're even updating that collection. Yes. So, I mean, and what's nice about your stuff is that it's so well made. It's that when you wash it, it's still, it doesn't like get that worn look or that washed out look, that faded look. It looks like your pieces are brand new, even when you're sweating and, and had already 20 washes with it. Yeah. So what I do is I take the most expensive activewear fabric that I make something that's uh, workout clothing, but it looks like it came off the runway. So it's functional, but it looks like so, like Alexander McQueen of the activewear community. So not Lululemon, not yoga pants, but like lace up, like so high end details that you wear them to dinner and you wear them when you work out and you wear them to an art gallery with high heels. Like it's, it's something that is suitable for multiple environments. So I, I thought, why would I get on an airplane and not look dressed up? You know, it's comfortable it's moisture like moisture wicking it has uh silver nanotechnology so it's like antimicrobial antibacterial so it doesn't smell and i just started playing with why does fashion have to be so separate why can't i look as good as i want to in the gym as i would on a runway so i started playing with that you brought that actually to the mass because you have Mask with lace on it for night, but you could wear that in the morning also. And you have, <laughs> I never thought of that. <laughs> you have like um, the accessories for the mask, the oh, yeah. that look like designer keychain holders and 
And like I, you just showed me how you use it to hold your cell phone and there for the mask. And the one you're holding is my favorite. It's also the most comfortable. And a lot of chains actually get stuck and scratch glasses. And I wear a lot of sunglasses and they scratch a lot of ju- other jewelry you wear. The one you happen to hold up doesn't. Yeah. It's, what, it's the first one I found that doesn't scratch what else you're wearing, which is amazing. I never thought of that things getting scratched. See, that's a good thing you just taught me. People would keep telling me little things that they want solutions for. I would like to keep designing solution-oriented products. I think that'd be fun. Well, you're working on a huge project right now, and you are actually in the state of Florida. Yeah. So do you want to talk about, give a little sneak preview to the audience? So uh, another way I thought about pivoting small businesses, uh, retail is very hard right now. And so if I'm selling in Bergdorf, Sachs, Neiman, Nordstrom, uh, eventually a certain amount of your product, they're going to have to mark down and then you have to give them money for markdowns. And I'm like, retail is going to kill like every designer. It's just, it becomes, you sell $250,000 worth of clothing and then you're giving them back 80 grand when they decide to put it on sale. And so I thought, why don't I start working with like luxury hotels why don't I just walk in and ask for the general manager, tell them I'm from New York. I make really cool clothes. Let's do a collaboration. And so I bring some clothes with me and I sit down and I, and I design a whole collection. This is my third season for the St. Regis and Aspen. So I make them like the coolest bomber jackets that have like, this is their dog. So I t- took a photograph of their dog. And in, in his glasses, you can see the ski lifts and the aspen trees. So I used that and I made it like the pajamas, jackets, bags, hats, all kinds of things that are very aspen. And what's great is that when you're doing a collab like that, you can be as creative as, as you want. Uh, and I make it so that we work together. I, I text them every day. What do you think of this color? How do you feel about that? And you become best friends in the end when you're like chatting about colors and stuff in the middle of a mm-hmm. pandemic it's kind of a relief for them because they're used to having you know people are quitting or i have 50 million pcr tests they have to do just to work in the hotel like it's hard so when we can just chat about something like designing it's it's nice for them and it's nice for me i i mean i love working with the hotels so I'm doing that as well as my businesses. So I feel well-rounded, you know? And and you know what? Whenever I talk to you, you're always positive vibes. I always feel like I should get ready for meditation, yoga, uh, you know, be healthy, enjoy life. And, you know, you talk about Aspen, you're in Florida. So you don't just do it for the winter hotels. You do it for the summer resorts as well. And that's a totally different collection which goes to my original introduction of you, the creativity, thinking out of the box. And you you made a great point about working with retailers and, and also working to expand small businesses, which is something that we've discussed in a project we're going to be working on in the future as we get closer to, you know, going through things. So we're very excited about that. But I said we had to have you on now because the biggest topic around the world, around in our country, wherever you are, is are you going to be mandated to wear a mask again as the Delta uh, variant 
is uh, the numbers are rising and are people going to wear masks? So, yes, because in Florida just now, I was even just talking to, so I was in Miami and I started to see people voluntarily start wearing more masks because Florida is like smashed with COVID right now. And then I was talking to uh, the manager at the front desk and I was like, should I be wearing a mask? And he's like, I was going to say something, but you know, I, we're, they're not necessarily mandated yet in Florida, but I think it's by choice of the establishment. And so I fully think they are coming back. Uh, so I probably should come up with some more funny ones probably. Right. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about it. We could talk for hours. I, I wish you can uh, come back soon so I could see you in person Oh. Because you are not only so creative and talented in the world of fashion, but you're one of the nicest people I know. You're so sweet to me, Cindy. I really, oh, <laughs> you're so cute. <laughs> oh, I'm wearing a kiss mask as we speak, and I'm kissing her. Because, and I love to support people that are nice people. That's what the goal of this show is nice people. And it doesn't matter your background, your political views. It doesn't matter where you're from. On this show, we are all united as family, especially during these troubled times where we want to escape and just feel we have a friend. Heather Payne, you always are welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. Again, where can the audience buy the mask, the new pajama set, anything that you're making? So it's, uh, it's Emerging Heroes. Uh, and sometimes people get the spelling wrong, but I, it's H-E-R-O-E-S, not H-E-R-O-S. But I think it defaults anyway. So it's emergingheroes.com. Heather Payne, P-A-Y-N-E. Please come back soon to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. Well, I promise. Bye, sweetheart. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Kevin Sorbo, and I always listen to Cindy Celebrity Corner, along with the amazing Cindy Gross. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. Joining us is an award-winning actress. I'm so excited to have her. We've been trying to do this for two months, but we're going to get the first exclusive of her brand new movie. And of course, fans, you're going to recognize her from 911 on Fox. She's been on shows like Dirt through the YouTube Red Channel. She's been in commercials with Samsung. Michelle Bernard, thank you so much for joining Cindy's Celebrity Corner. Hey, Cindy, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy that this is finally manifesting and coming into fruition after months of postponement. It's so wonderful to not only be able to see you, but to finally be able to chat. Well, I'm very excited because the reason you had to postpone was a brand new movie. Tell us all about it. Um, So this movie is so incredible the cast is five star stellar a-list the crew was amazing and kind and welcoming it was a tough shoot we were shooting outside and as you know we are in the middle of a historic and record-breaking heat wave right now so to shoot outside for 12 hours a day Needless to say, I was sweating in parts of my body that I did not know existed. And so um, this is just a wonderful, amazing, and heartbreaking story 
uh, without giving too much away because I can't really talk about. Um, I was going to say, you didn't tell us the name of the movie or the cast. Yeah, um, because the NDAs that I've signed my life away for uh, keep me from talking about it until they're done shooting and start to edit it. Because I know that this movie is probably going to do the film festival circuit come 2022. Um, it is a true story and it is relevant and heartbreaking and important to be told right now the actual story took place in i think 2015 or 2016 and so even though it is you know five or six years old it is so important to be told right now and the a-list cast that they have gathered to be a part of this incredible ensemble of characters is truly mind-boggling that I was even a part of it. And so to be a part of a story that needs to be told, needs to be heard, and needs to be seen, and is going to touch every human being on this planet at this moment in time was a humbling, gratifying, and validating experience. And so to work on it was just a true gift from the universe. And I'm so grateful. Can you tell us who's distributing it? If it's going to be in theaters, if it's going to be through, uh, you know, like I, Netflix? I, it, I think what it is, is it is going to be in theaters. I don't know if there's going to be a major streaming service um, yet that's attached to it. Um, it's a big production company, but at the end of the day, because of COVID, what's happening right now is things are getting released simultaneously between streaming services and theaters, even the big budget stuff. Correct. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure that it was an incredible female director. So it was very empowering, especially because I am a female in the industry and I am a member of women in film and women in entertainment and women in media. And so I want to support as many female directors and producers as I possibly can. And so I know that she is probably going to take this, the full film festival circuit once it's wrapped and edited and ready for um, uh, previews. And so I'm, I'm thinking in my gut that it will do... Sundance and Tribeca and Venice and Cannes and the whole nine yards. And I'm not 100% sure when it's going to be released, but I know it is going to be released sometime in 2022. And uh, when I am allowed to talk about it, I'll come back on your show, Cindy. I was going to say, and you're going to bring this director and the other women. I am all for women empowerment and women supporting women. If we are not sisters in support of each other, then we're nothing. A hundred percent. Let's talk about a uh, role you have that we can talk about. You're okay. coming back to 911. 911 is one of the biggest and most beautiful gifts that the universe has ever given to me. So I actually um, booked this show by accident. Um, I had been asked to come in to read for a television show at this casting office called The Rookie, and it was the pilot episode, and I was dressed as a cop, and when I got to the casting office, there were just people everywhere, Cindy, and I was just like, 
why are there like a hundred people here for, you know, this casting office? They were in the halls, they were in the stairs, they were in the elevator, they were just everywhere. And so I walked in and if you're at a theatrical audition longer than an hour, you get paid by SAG, uh, the Screen Actors Guild Union. And so because there were so many people outside, I saw the tablet, the iPad, where I signed in for the rookie. And then there was a paper underneath the iPad. And so I thought, oh, this must be the SAG sign-in sheet because there are so many people here in case I am here for longer than an hour reading for the rookie. So I signed in on that paper too. And then somebody came walking in through the front door of the casting office and called my name. So I walked across the hall. It was like this massive empty um, office with uh, no desks, just chairs and sides and the camera and a couple bottles of water. And that was it. And I'm like, what is this? And the casting director said, well, you saw all the people out in the hall. There's probably over a hundred people here. We're casting four pilots right now. And so we had to rent all the empty offices on this floor in order to accommodate our sessions. And I was like, okay, cool. And I had never read for this office before. It's one of the biggest offices in the country, actually. And so I said, hey, do you need a headshot? And they were just like, no. And he said, okay, we're going to do the first scene first. Look off the camera. Don't look at me. Then I'm going to cut. Then we're going to do the, the second scene. Do you have any questions? And I'm like, yeah, I have one line. Police drop your gun. So I don't know what you're talking about. And he was just like, wait, are you here to read for the rookie or are you here to read for 911? And I said, I'm here to read for the rookie. He's like, do you want to read for 911? And I'm like, yes. He said, can you do a cold read? And I said, yes. So 15 years of like scene study classes and cold reading classes and improv classes finally came into this one opportunity where you hear a thousand times as an actor or uh, an entrepreneur, anything in the business world, when preparation meets opportunity, that's when you have success. And so I did a cold read for this audition and um, my brain was just exploding. The casting director said that I did a better job than the people that were in the hall that had the sides for two days because I was just doing it as a cold read. I wasn't in my head. I hadn't worked on the material. I read the material. I put myself in the situation and I just went. And so he said, okay, you got to go back across the hall because if they call you for the rookie, I'm going to get in trouble that you're crashing this casting. And I was just like, oh, my God, thank you so much for the opportunity. So I go back across the hall, texting my agent. I was just like, I think I just signed in on the wrong sheet and I just crashed the Ryan Murphy show and I just read for 911. And my agent was just like, well, did you read for the rookie yet? And I was like, no. And she was like, well, get off your phone. And so they called me in to read for the rookie. And this time we're in a room like the size of my bathroom with like seven people and big casting directors and the executive producers. My adrenaline was pumped because I had just crashed this major audition. And I was right. just like, oh my God, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for bringing me into your office. What a wonderful gift. I'm so happy and grateful to finally read for you. Da, 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 da. And they were just like, we're so happy to have you, Michelle Bernard. Get on your mark. You've got one line. Say your name, say your line, and then you're done. I'm like, cool. So I did. And uh, then my and that was on a Friday. And then my agent called me in March of 2018. And then my agent called me on a Tuesday and said, well, you didn't book the rookie, but you did book 911. And you're working on Saturday. I'm like, no way. And it was a super fast turnaround. It changed my life. I did the season one finale and got to work with Peter Krause 
who I have just loved and admired for over 20 years. I mean, starting back when, you know, he was doing bit parts on like Caroline in the City before he even booked uh, Six Feet Under. Mm-hmm. And Angela Bassett, I mean, is Angela Bassett. She's like one of the right. biggest megastars on the planet. And so to be in a scene working with these amazing humans, all because I happened to sign in on the wrong sheet, it was just like, it was such Only a sign enough. and a gift from the universe. And now four seasons later, I'm still on 911. So signing in on the wrong sheet has gotten me a recurring on the number one television show, you know, of the past couple of years. And it is just, it, it, it still makes my brain explode with joy and gratitude. So what I read about you in this role was that it was really not supposed to be long lasting, but they were so impressed with your performance. They kept extending it, extending it, extending it. And this season, you're going to have more than ever. So congratulations to you on doing that. I'm really excited about it. And I'm so grateful. And I just working in Hollywood as solely a working actor nowadays with no side job and no side hustle because I did it all. I waited tables. I bartended, I was a chef, I was a nanny, I worked for an event planner, like I have literally done it all. But doing all those jobs also helped me make connections, working for, you know, famous people and celebrities and serving them crab cakes and martinis. And there were certain connections with the catering and the waiting tables and bartending and chefing that I did that I still have to this day. So I don't have any regrets for anything that I did, but I truly am grateful that after, you know, 25, 30 years of hustle and hard work, I finally can say peacefully and pleasantly that I am a working actor in Hollywood, like living out my dream. Tell us a little bit about your background. We don't know much about you. So I'm originally from Miami, Florida. I grew up in the Kendall area and I'm still friends with all of my friends from elementary school, junior high and high school and college. I went to Florida State University and even though they have an amazing and stellar theater school, at the time I didn't know that I was going to pursue acting. I had started modeling when I was 15, when I was in high school. My uncle is an accountant, a CPA. And he was doing the taxes for a um, modeling agency that was on South Beach. And they had come into his office. And this is when I was in ninth grade. And my uh, um, uh, junior high picture was on his desk. And they were just like, who is that? She's gorgeous. How tall is she? What's the relationship? Has she ever thought about getting into modeling? And that was it. I... uh, set up a meeting my my family actually set up a meeting with the agency and they sent me on a casting and I booked my first job which was a huge runway show for Express Wet Seal and the Limited at um, Plantation Mall in um, South Florida and this is when 90210 Beverly Hills 90210 was like all the rage it had just come on TV but I actually hadn't been watching it and so When I booked the job, they said, this is a huge press junket for Luke Perry. Do you know who he is? And I was just like, isn't he a designer? And they were just like, "Uh, no, he's on like one of the biggest shows in the planet right now. And he's a teen heartthrob and he's going to do a guest appearance. We're expecting about uh, two to three thousand people to come to the mall to watch your runway show. 
And I was so nervous. And then they told me that I had booked the job and I had gone to the interview with my dad because I was 15. And so I had to be accompanied by an adult for every casting and every job that I went on while I was in high school. And so we get to the mall. There's not 3,000 people. There's 15,000 people. And these are like screaming girls on every single level of this like three-story strip, uh, massive Galleria mall. And uh, they actually trampled the stage. And so we couldn't do runway. We ended up doing uh, in-store like window modeling and modeling around the mall. The stage fell on like two of the girls and they ended up in the hospital and Luke Perry went to the hospital. It made the news. It made the newspaper. And I was just like, is this what modeling is going to be like in South Florida? Like I, I, I was upset that the girls got hurt and trampled by the stage, but I was like, I am all in. And I've been working ever since I modeled all throughout college. Uh, I studied English, creative writing, and computer science at Florida State University. And my sophomore year in college, I was introduced to Marsha Dahl, Marsha Dahl Models. And she is literally one of the biggest modeling agencies in Northern Florida and South Georgia. And so through Marsha, you know, she really helped me come into my own because I wasn't the skinny flat chested girl that had started doing runway when I was 15. Now I was 20 years old and I was getting curvy and my body was changing and my face was changing. And I did a lot of lingerie and bathing suit modeling for Marsha because she gave me the confidence to embrace the changes in my body and to really be a print model and a runway model and, you know, embrace the industry for what it was at the time. And I still keep in touch with her. She's like one of my biggest fans and biggest supporters. And she really just changed my life. And I modeled for her all throughout college. And then when I graduated, I moved back to Miami and just kept going. Well, we could talk for you on and on. You are definitely one of our most colorful, excited actresses on here. We are so excited for your success. You've taught our audience, never give up your dream work hard, and never take anything for granted. Michelle Bernard, where can our audience find you? Um, I am at michellebernard.com. You can look me up on IMDb, um, the Internet Movie Database under Michelle Bernard. And I am on social media. My Facebook page is Michelle Bernard Actor. My Instagram is Michelle Bernard Actor. And my Twitter is mbernardactor. So I'm pretty easily found, but you can find all those links to my social media actually on my website, on my social media link page. It certainly has been a pleasure having you on Cindy Celebrity Corner, and we look forward to having you back. Again, Michelle Bernard, 911 on Fox, and an upcoming major movie. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Welcome back to Cindy Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. And just like that, the hour flew by. I promised you great guest, great conversation, and lots of information to think about. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please let me know what you think. You can reach out to me through my website, Cindy's Corners, and email me through there. Or you can reach me and follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Never miss an episode. 
Download it on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, Podbean, Jewish Podcast, and you can also listen to us through the Talkline Radio Networks. Thank you for joining Cindy Celebrity Corner, where all our angles and points meet and where you don't have to be Jewish to enjoy the Celebrity Corner. Thank you and have a good night. Thanks for listening.